0: The material provided today is for informational purposes only. It should not be considered legal or financial advice. Consult with a financial professional for your own needs. Johnny Sestina and Company disclaims any and all liability for the interpretation and use of the content provided today. I
1: need help getting out of my student loan debt. I'm so
0: worried. How am I going to afford taking care of my parents? When's a good
1: time to get into the market?
0: I'm really not sure when I should start taking my Social Security. I
1: wonder if I have enough insurance. I wonder when
0: I can retire. It's time to talk about your money. Managing to be wealthy, our team of fee-only financial planners is ready to help you to create better financial habits envision your long-term goals and understand money management better than ever our resident hosts of johnny sestina and company are on deck to show you the way
2: welcome back to managing to be wealthy i'm your host tonight craig constantinovich with me cole eli
1: welcome to the program here gents how's everyone doing tonight super well life's life's peachy um you know rain isn't fun and i think i saw a snowflake for next thursday so i'm sad about that but otherwise (laughs) life's great Craig. no complaints well i mean you know you got to have that
2: one last winter gust come (laughs) through and and then it'll just be nice and sunny and rainy all the time now something to remind you you're still in ohio every once in a while (laughs) you got to get that last blast so um but awesome awesome well outside of that guys tonight we're going to be talking to those college graduates that are here. So I know a couple of weeks ago we had gone through, kind of talked about advice that you would give to someone in their 20s, but tonight we're gonna to be focusing more so on, all right, well, we're getting ready for college, we're, we're t- thinking about that idea, trying to figure out exactly what it is that we wanna do with our life and how can we best prepare ourselves for that. Um, but before we, we dive into that, again today, we also had some uh, new updates or some news that was breaking, uh, jobs. So we had our weekly jobless claim below expectations. So 684,000 claims last week, which is down from the expected about uh, 780,000 that they were expecting. So
1: that's a considerable drop.
2: It's, it's, you know, I think we're finally starting to see now that the vaccine's been rolled out, now that people are starting to get a little bit more comfortable with things uh, or getting a little stir crazy, whichever one, <laughs> uh, you see that people are getting back to work here, which again, at the end of the day, Jobs is what drives the economy, which drives us to continue to have that income to spend. Uh, So it's always good news to see that. Um, And honestly, this is also the first time that we've seen that jobless claim below 700000 since a year ago. It's incredible. It's wild. It's wild. So things are looking good. Things are definitely looking good. Uh, And then on top of that, too, so GDP or the gross domestic product. Uh, that was actually up to, from a previously anticipated 4.1%, now up to 4.3%. So again, just indicating that things are growing, things are continuing to pick up. And again, I think all of us are tired of saying it, but fingers crossed we get back to our old <laughs> normal, not the new normal here, sooner rather than later. For sure. So, good but awesome. So again, taking a look at it here, <laughs> we want to figure out. All right. Well, what is it or, or how do we make sure that we avoid so many of the pitfalls that are out there? No surprise that student loan debt is the largest debt within the United States right now. So how can you not be part of that statistic and rather the other piece of the puzzle here? So, Cole, I know you were looking through a couple of things here. What, what are we seeing or how have things changed since way back in yesteryear?
1: Yeah. Well, as I'm sure a lot of people have seen a lot of statistics out there online and uh, maybe heard a thing or two from family, maybe older family members, whatever it may be. But yeah, things have changed a lot. Uh, so just the, the cost of college, maybe not quite as affordable as it maybe once was. And just to give you some of that information and what we're looking at. Uh, so in 1989, 1989, the cost of a four-year state university adjusted for inflation, so these are today's dollars, Nine thousand seven hundred and thirty dollars. That is shy of ten grand for uh, just one year of living, or at a, at a four-year state university. So
2: I could be paying ten thousand dollars to go to college right now, as opposed to the outrageous rates that are out there at this
1: point. Uh, unreal, isn't it? Yeah, that's <laughs> it, it adjusted for inflation. Yeah, uh, where comparatively we're looking at about twenty-two to twenty-six, depending on the metric um, for actual four-year college today. So one of those is not like the other. <laughs> no, not <at> all. <laughs> Slight, slight, slight difference there for yeah. sure. So no surprise, inflation as far as college expenses, just unreal. But then you think about that from afford- an affordability side of things, and the, the math just doesn't add up. So we've comfortably more than doubled, but going from the, the 1989, the, the federal minimum wage, uh, $3.35 an hour, which again, different times also yep. very weird to think about but uh, just today that is only $7.25 so college
2: costs is doubling and again I'm not a mathematician per se but seems like the minimum wage is going up you know relatively quickly yeah. or relatively in step but
1: and so you look at those in terms of doubling but then again as far as the, the sheer dollar mm-hmm. numbers that we're actually looking at here uh, that that's where it just doesn't quite connect uh, so basically, the, the way the math works out is in the, the yesteryear of 1989, if you worked a full-time job for 12 weeks, so you, you did your ch- summer job, you had 480 hours in, the, the, the way the math works is you don't have to work 23 hours a week for the rest of the year while going to school full-time. So basically, you know, you work your eight-hour weekends and then mm-hmm. two, four-hour shifts, and you can pay for college.
2: That sounds pretty ideal. You think we could do that today? (sighs) I've got a sneaking suspicion (laughs) you're going to tell us otherwise, but...
1: Yeah, the the magic number now is you need to work 2,438 hours compared that to the, I think it was 1,300-odd hours in the 1989 to make that same number work, so to pay for college.
2: Again, just making sure I'm keeping pace with things here, so we almost have to find double the time as well to work in order to get the same amount out of it and pay towards our education. I don't think we're going to get two weekends. (sighs) You know, I've been striving for that, but (laughs) there are other powers that are out there that I don't think would allow for it. I don't think father time would be
1: thrilled if we started messing with that.
2: Not necessarily. So, Eli, hearing those numbers, what's kind of your reaction, or what what do you think, or what are you learning from that?
1: It's insane
3: to even think about. I mean, like Cole said, going from what? 1,300 hours to 2,400 hours, Mm -hmm. there is just simply not enough time on our hands. Um, You know, the old saying is, you know, go to school, work part-time in the summer, work full-time. It's just very unrealistic these days.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that's why, again, most people turn to everyone's favorite, student loans at that point. Yeah. So we've got about two-thirds of families right now that have some kind of debt that's associated with schooling. So again, no surprise when we start putting these numbers together, or when that math equation doesn't quite add up, we've got to work double the hours, we've got to pay double the tuition, and then all of a sudden when we run out of that time and those resources, now all of a sudden we've got to find other means to go about and do that. So we got to make sure that, hey, if we are going to be taking this debt, that we know exactly what it is that we're signing up for and what we think that end goal will be. So got to be something that we keep in mind. And part of it, too, is who you associate yourself with or what exactly it is. I mean, I remember having a conversation with both spouses were doctors, and they had said that they were pressuring or pursuing their children to think yeah. outside of the traditional education. Good, good for them. Learn a trade, something like that. And it's amazing because even a master electrician, a master plumber... May not have all the glitz and glamour of you know some of those white collar jobs, but there's
1: a lot of money in that.
2: There's a lot. I mean, I, I was uh, talking with someone else, and they said that they were upwards of one hundred and sixty thousand per year for that trade position because they reached that mastery level.
1: Yeah, and not being strapped with debt coming out of college. I mean, that makes a world of difference getting yeah. started. Yeah,
2: I mean, it, it's it sets you up to be exponentially better in the in the grand scheme of things. So always something to think about and keep in the back of our minds here. For sure. Um, But yeah, so again, so now we see kind of how we've got this problem started, uh, and no surprise here, because of that and because of the debt that's associated with it, maybe less of an income coming in, we actually saw undergraduate enrollment drop by about almost 5% here this past year. Yeah, You've got online classes that are coming in, you've got less of that educational experience there, so now all of a sudden you see this compound effect, I think schools are going to start to see maybe... You know, we we have to keep that enrollment cost or that enrollment expense at a much more manageable pace. Otherwise, we may miss out on enrollees. Yeah,
1: I was actually shocked to see that number. I mean, it makes sense, right? right? People are looking for the exposure, looking for the experience. But five uh, percent, especially uh, one of the biggest contributors, community colleges. Yeah, I was surprised to see the numbers.
2: Absolutely. Well, we're coming up on a hard break here. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN.
0: You're listening to Managing to be Wealthy with fee-only financial planners of Johnny, Sestina, and Company. If you're looking for the latest stock tip or how to time the market, you've come to the wrong place. If you want help navigating all the moving pieces of what makes a financial plan successful, tune in and take notes.
2: Welcome back to Managing to be Wealthy. Uh, But again, tonight, guys, we're talking about college, getting ourselves prepared, again, knowing that, hey, spring is here. Some of those offer letters or acceptance letters are going to be rolling in and and we want people to know, okay, well, if that's the case, how can you best prepare for that? Uh, So we were just talking about how kind of the old school mentality or the thought of being able to work part-time or or work in the summer to cover tuition probably isn't going to be enough. Probably going to have to have other means or take on debt. And that's the big focus here. And that's why it's become such a big problem is we're seeing higher inflation in tuition costs and college expenses as a whole compared to what wages actually are or what people can typically earn when they get a chance to work uh, when they're not at school. Um, So we'll fast forward now. So, hey, you get that offer letter. All right, I'm ready to go. School is right around the corner. What do I do next? So, Eli, what's one of the first things we want to think about or what should we be doing?
3: Find your passion or at least think about it. Um, You know, I kind of stumbled into it. I went into my freshman year undecided, pursued a general business degree, but then I kind of stumbled into the realm of financial planning. And it's not about crunching numbers. It's more about, for me, helping people on a personal level. So if you're able to discover, at least think about your passion, it makes the college process and deciding on what you wanna do in the future that much easier.
2: Cole, you probably knew as soon as you woke up day one what you wanted
1: to do, right? Uh, God, no. (laughs) Uh, For the longest time, I was never exposed to financial planning growing up, so Mm -hmm. I liked numbers, I liked math, and I was aware of what an accountant was. Not Not, not uh -uh. the same. Uh, Nope, very very different. (laughs) Very different. So happy I didn't go down that path, especially after my first accounting class, that uh, just debits and credits and... Uh, all that make-believe stuff just kind of <laughs> melted my brain a little bit
2: yeah i, I could understand and mm-hmm. again we're very thankful for accountants and the work that they do yeah,
1: absolutely we don't want to
2: discount that and thankful More that i don't too. have to do it yes yes <laughs> so, thank you but yeah i mean very similarly <laughs> i changed my major five times that's a lot of times <laughs> started out in engineering and then realized very quickly and eh, this thermodynamics you know some of these other <laughs> organic chemistry uh not for me yep. so instead Let's go the finance route, and then even after I graduated, it was well. I got a corporate finance degree, mm-hmm. not a personal finance degree. So I when can I first there, yeah. So when I first got started, it was all right. You're working part time, uh, working as an intern, and then also you know taking classes at night. It was a lot, but ultimately it got me to where I am today. So thank Look goodness for it. You're doing it. <laughs> so, but you're exactly right, Eli. Find your passion, have an idea, but also not only know what your passion is, but know what opportunities may stem from that passion. A lot of times I feel like people go down a certain degree path because they envision this job. Mm -hmm. Well, more so you want to find what it is that you can actually do or what you're passionate about and the job will kind of come to you at that point as well. But don't go in blind on either side. Understand that there may be flexibility or may need to be other uh, things addressed. And as long as you're flexible and aware of that, maybe there's other opportunities there. So, Cole, what else could we think about or what else
1: should we be thinking about? Well, just to keep tying that along, so the next thing that we, we transition, so what's a suitable you know, uh, undergrad degree, so what, what do we want to major in? And then what school is actually going to allow for us to have the best experience and the best opportunities thereafter?
2: And That's huge because yeah. if you go to the wrong school and, you know, let's say you go to a school that's a business school historically. Their business school is touted as one of the best in the nation, so on and so forth, and all of a sudden you find, eh, well, maybe my passion's education. Well, you may get lucky, and they may have an okay (laughs) department of education uh, that you can graduate from with a degree, but... That's a lot of Mays. It's a lot of Mays, and May only comes but once a year, so (laughs) gotta be careful with that. Um, So yeah, so you definitely wanna make sure you know what that school is known for, what options may be there as well, and then once we actually figure out what school we're going to based off of our major... Eli, we probably just need to go to class, just bury our head in the books, not think about anything else, right?
3: Correct. No. Uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> so That'd be need, so easy. That mean, was a very convincing correct. <laughs> like, wow, we're done here.
3: <laughs> just leave it to that. But uh, no, you need to connect with advisors, connect with people in your industry, and just start dipping your toes in the water to find out, like, hey, I think I want to do this. But just get that that real world experience, or even you know, connect with groups of friends who are in that similar degree or uh, major program. So you just get a real outlook on what you could be getting into in this major.
2: So you're saying actually converse and communicate with people that you may not necessarily know.
3: Yes,
1: man, it's scary. networking is
2: everything. Absolutely, For so many fields. Absolutely, and just yeah. getting that exposure because. Who knows, you may pick a degree, and you may not know what jobs are also tied to that. Mm -hmm. So if you're not asking the questions or if you're not trying to get exposure to it, you may not even know the possibilities out
1: there. And and that's a great point, too, especially for people considering maybe anything in the healthcare industry. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be done with your undergrad. Right. I'd say 9.5 times out of 10. So you need to understand what sort of education you may need above and beyond just your four or five year, maybe undergrad education.
2: Right. And so many times people think that, oh, the only reason I may need to go further into school is if I'm getting an MBA, if I'm going to be a doctor or something like that. But there's plenty of people that may want to specialize in a certain area or go back to get additional credits towards things. So, again, just because you think "Eh, maybe this four year degree, that's going to be it usually that's just kind of the knock on the door to let you in. And then you may come to find that you'd be better suited to go back to school. And who knows, if you're fortunate enough, maybe your employer may even help you with that along the way. So, it's a beautiful thing. Certainly is. Certainly is. Um, and one of the big fields right now that's getting a lot of attention, just kind of where we are, especially given the pandemic, technology, science, engineering, mathematics, that STEM abbreviation, I heard it more times than I can count, thanks to my lovely wife and the education system right now, (laughs) because they're also addressing this fairly regularly and trying to get more and more people involved in it, which rightfully so. That's where we see the most job growth, the most opportunities at this point. So certainly teach them the skills early on, and that way they can flourish with whatever the next steps may be. Um, But then one last piece that that we may want to take a look at is, okay, well, once we go through this... Once we decide, yes, this major is exactly what I want to do, Cole, what's one other thing we may want to consider or evaluate?
1: Well, there, there's two things, really. One, everyone likes the the idea of being a well-rounded individual, right? That's why you have to take your general education classes through uh, through through your college courses. Your first two years are predominantly made up of those. But consider a minor. Just build that out a little bit further, open up other opportunities for you. There's nothing at all wrong with that.
2: Yeah. You have any minor experience or any yeah, classes you were considering?
3: Definitely. So I minored in consumer and family financial services from Ohio State. There we go. Uh, but interestingly enough, my minor is in professional writing. So you're pro- you both are looking at me confused.
1: Excuse me? Yeah,
3: professional <laughs> writing. Um, so I, ho- I focused on helping a lot with um, you know, students who would need help writing papers or drafting up resumes or anything like that. But what it really taught me was how to communicate how to teach. So pairing your uh, ma- major with the minor, it doesn't have to be directly related. You have to find the takeaway in it, mm-hmm. but finding a minor could be a good way to, you know, well-round yourself like Claude mentioned
2: earlier. Absolutely. Great. Yeah. And that may be another way to find an additional passion or an additional way into something else because, hey, minors, you know, you're meant to focus on your major area of study so that way you can flourish and whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. But, you know, life has a funny way sometimes of giving you other opportunities and if you get that minor, you show that you're more well-versed, may have more opportunities for exposure to new positions, maybe growing within whatever company you may choose or growing within your profession. So definitely don't want to shut that door.
1: Right, and especially just after the last year, everything we've seen, options make a world of difference.
2: Absolutely. Well, we're coming up on another break here. You've, you're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN. Welcome back to Managing to be Wealthy. I'm Craig Konstantinovich, Certified Financial Planner. Your host tonight with me is Cole Hammock, also a CFP. And then we have Elijah Letaluxa. Ah, oh, Shoot, I, you, had you, you you had I, had I had it. it. You thought too much. I had it. just you slow it down a little bit. You got it. Trying to. Well, yeah. at this point, again, I know today we're talking about college, but any aspect of your finances sometimes can be a little intimidating to talk about or, or to reach out for help for. So we always offer our complimentary consultation meetings. Feel free to contact our office at 614-326-3077. Schedule a one hour complimentary meeting uh, with a certified financial planner. That way you can ask your personal questions, get an idea of what working with us may look like for you, and also figure out, okay, well, if we decide to do that, what may be involved uh, to make this a fruitful experience? Uh, We'll actually complete a confidential or a secure questionnaire in advance of the meeting. Just so we can make sure we know exactly what to focus on and then let you know hey if we were to decide to work together what exactly would it look like or what would the cost be to do so uh, so again that phone number is 614-326-3077 you can visit our website managing well we talked okay now i'm in college i know what i'm gonna do i've decided on my major i've proclaimed it now how in this ever-loving world, am I going to finally pay for it? So, Eli, what are some of the ideas, or what are some of the ways that we go about determining how to pay for college?
3: Well, the very, very, very first thing you should do is fill out the FAFSA form.
2: What? Uh, fa- what? What's that?
3: FAFSA form, the uh, Free Application for Federal Student Aid. Oh, okay. The reason why this is so important, even if you don't expect to qualify, this will make you eligible and put you in the running for any other type of um, aid that you may be able to receive, like federal grants, uh, work-study opportunities, and some, uh, some state and school-based aid.
2: Okay. Sounds pretty important to do then. Yes. Exceptionally so. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Exceptionally.
2: So that's a good place to start. So you definitely want to have that. But even before then, too, you never know what may be out there. So always talk with your family members. Talk with anyone ahead of time of what the cost may be. If there's other familial resources that may be out there, so that way you can incorporate that within your planning as well. This is very much a team-based effort. Absolutely. It really is. So check that box, FAFSA complete. Not quite sure what it may come out with, so Cole, what other options do we have? Yeah,
1: and Unfortunately, seldom does that ever cover the cost of everything, as we talked about, just college being as expensive as it is. So, mm-hmm. uh, scholarships scholarships, Scholarships, whether athletic, education, something, maybe through a a local thing that maybe your family is affiliated with, whatever it may be. But the great thing about scholarships is you do not have to pay that money back. So as long as that's something you qualify for and something you can put the effort toward if required, then that can make a world of difference toward the actual bottom line.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of even, you know, small little groups or uh, part-time jobs that may even have scholarships available. Eli, I know you were Taking a look at some of the scholarship opportunities there.
3: Yeah. So, believe it or not, there's actually one for those who are golf caddies. Um, You have to be a golf caddy for two years prior to that. But the bigger picture with this, too, is this is not something that has to wait until you get into college to start doing. Mm -hmm. You could start this early in high school. And I doubt any high schooler in the world is probably thinking about this right now. (laughs) Right. But the better you can get, or the sooner you can get on
2: top of this, the better. Absolutely. Every time I hear about the Caddy Scholarship, I just think back to Caddy Shack.
1: <laughs> I, I, I'm sure it comes as no surprise to you, but I have not seen that. Uh, yeah,
2: not surprised at all. Disappointed, yeah. all the same. Uh, understood. But it should be added to the movie list, Cole. <laughs> uh, it's probably already on there. Probably. Probably. <laughs> that list is quite lengthy at this point. Yeah. Maybe one day. One day. But, all right, so we've checked off scholarships now, so we've got the FAFSA Complete Scholarships. All right, so Cole... If that, those are the only two boxes we've got checked, I mean, what else do we look to next?
1: Affordability. So, what does s- that mean? Yeah, we, we've seen what sort of options are available to us in terms of funding. Well, how are we going to stretch that dollar as efficiently as possible? And that's looking for an affordable school. Mm-hmm. So, not just going to maybe the the, the main campus or that the most expensive. Especially going back to the last segment, that might not even be the most efficient school for your particular major, what you want to accomplish. But seeing how you can stretch that dollar as far as possible will really help in the college decision, uh, absolutely,
2: standpoint. well, and like you were saying last segment, too, I mean a lot of the undergraduate some of those maybe year one or year two credits that we get, those are things we could get at possibly a local community college right. somewhere where the credits will actually transfer, but you know paying a community college expense of maybe five six seven thousand dollars as opposed to twenty six thousand dollars very different, very different, yes or overall the same quality educational credits. So something else to keep in mind there.
3: Crazy idea too. So my experience with this as well, uh, I started off at a branch campus. Mm -hmm. I felt like the resources were almost almost a little bit better um, if I wanted to go work with a tutor. I didn't really have to make an appointment. I could drop in one-on-one. So the resources may be better depending on the size of the school itself, but when you're determining the actual cost of the school, that's something to consider as well.
2: Yeah. Great point. And hey, you never know if there's other opportunities that may be out there or other exposures that you may not get on the other campuses. So
1: yeah. Even if that means just staying at home for those first couple of years too. that I know it it, it kills the Ludicrous. college experience. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I did it <laughs> and it helped so much. <laughs> Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's there's ways for things to be flexible. And yeah. if you're in that situation where you don't have, you know, the opportunity for things to be fully funded, well, sometimes you have to make sacrifices. I mean, mm-hmm. same thing we've talked about it all, all this time, but, you know, when I first got started being unpaid at first, getting my feet wet, you know, I lived back at home with my mom. I was working three part-time jobs, doing the night classes to get actually where I am now. And it, it, I'm very thankful for that experience because it gave me an additional appreciation for the experience.
1: Yeah.
2: So always something to keep in mind as well. <laughs>
1: Yeah, someone who worked in a box factory, Craig, I feel you. Oh, there you go. There <laughs> I appreciate go.
2: The, uh, the air conditioning. <laughs> Sometimes it gets a little cold, but that's all right.
1: A, a lot of times you keep it like a freezer in there. Eh,
2: refrigerator, at least. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, so outside of that, one of the other things that we had touched on here a little bit was getting a, a work-study job. Now, I know this you know may not necessarily be handed to us or anything like that, but a lot of times for universities, whether it's a teacher's assistant, some of those other opportunities you can honestly get some exposure to your career path, a little bit ahead of the game, get some additional funds or resources to help you with the expenses, um, but not just the work study program, take a look around campus. I mean, I, I worked uh, with my wife, ironically enough, in our student union at Dayton, and I was just part of the operations team. So setting up UV equipment, you know, doing all the dirty work that's associated with janitorial services, and uh and it worked out well kept me out of trouble kept me focused when i could and gave me a little extra spending money at that point
1: and then you got married
2: and then we got married that's an adorable story. <laughs> <laughs> hey 12 years in the making but here we are <laughs> so we've got that and then of course obviously at that point we've also got whatever savings have accumulated that we can tap into and actually use to our uh our benefits as well so
1: outside of that though Cole, is there anything else that may be out there to help us with this? Yes, I think we've talked about the everything else, so all that's really left is what sort of loan options are available to you. And that's
2: what everyone is frightened of or fearful of. So, again, I I think because we're coming up here soon on a break, but next segment we're really going to dive into it, but what general loan options
1: are out there, Cole? Generally speaking, there's the federal direct student loans, so that comes in two flavors. There's the subsidized and the unsubsidized that we'll get into. There are... Um, what private student loans Mm -hmm. and then there's parent plus loans on top of all that which similar but a little bit different in terms of how it's structured
2: yeah very different you got to make sure that you've got your parents at that point uh, to play ball with it and actually sign off on those loans so very interesting indeed and and again no one right loan fits all flavors so certainly something to evaluate on a person-by-person basis Coming up on another break here, you're listening to Managing to be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN.
0: You're listening to Managing to be Wealthy with fee-only financial planners of Johnny, Sestina, and Company. If you're looking for the latest stock tip or how to time the market, you've come to the wrong place. If you want help navigating all the moving pieces of what makes a financial plan successful, tune in and take notes.
2: Welcome back to Managing to be Wealthy. I'm your host tonight, Craig Konstantinovich. With me, Cole. Eli. Welcome to the program here, gents. We've been talking about college, the full experience, from how to get ready for it, how to pay for it. Once you're there, what kind of options do you have? And we had left last segment focusing on, well, if we don't have the means immediately to pay for it, well, what options are out there? Because I know student loans are quite honestly some of the most frightening phrases that are out there these days, but how can we kind of help the listeners navigate or how can we help point people in the right
1: direction? Yeah. So if we get to that point and we need to take student loans to make ends meet or really to get to and through college, then we want to make sure that we are picking the most efficient options available to us. Uh, So that first one being your direct subsidized loan direct subsidized loans it sounds cool doesn't it i mean it it's got a lot of fancy words in it yeah but the the subsidized being the government is picking up the tab on the interest payment while you are in college and i believe up to six months thereafter Mm -hmm. Uh, so definitely the most efficient option, since so we don't uh, accumulate interest while we're going to going to school
2: so why doesn't everyone
1: just sign up for those it sounds like a sweet deal Unfortunately, there are limitations on how much no. you may qualify. Yep, I know it's never easy, <laughs> is it? It's never easy. No, there there are limitations um, in terms of income, in terms of uh, how much you might even qualify for based on the uh, the, the tuition for the school. So, uh, a lot to consider there. But that's definitely the first pass.
2: Okay. And then Eli, what's the uh, the ugly stepsister, if you will, to the direct Ooh. subsidized loans?
3: The direct unsubsidized loan. Okay. Ugh. So unfortunately. Uncle Sam does not want to take the tab on the interest on this one.
2: Gotcha. So at that point, it's just accumulating on it, and we've got to pay that interest back when everything's all said and done.
3: Just like the subsidized one, I believe there's a six-month grace period, but the interest still accrues during that time frame. So
2: the six-month wait period, that's just to make those payments on the loan. So that's when that first payment would be due at that point. Yes. Okay. And then, Cole, I know you had briefly mentioned it, but there's the third spice of life.
1: Yeah, they're the the PLUS loans, and I know that's an acronym. I have no idea what that stands for. I'm sure the P is for parent, I would argue. Yeah, parent loan for
3: undergrad students. Thank
1: you. You're a superstar, Eli. That's that's why we keep you around. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Well done. Well done.
2: Um, But yeah, again, those parent PLUS loans, that's a loan that's actually out in the parent's name at that point. So they're the ones that are on the hook for it, even though the undergrad or the student is the one that's receiving the benefits of it. So, again, something to be very mindful of as you're looking at that, and usually when we're talking to people about, well, what loan options are best or which one should you lean towards, you want to put, if you're taking out the student loans, and not that this has ever happened before, it's certainly not going to happen to your child, but there's been some instances where a loan payment may go unpaid, or maybe the funds just don't hit, or something else may happen. Which would never uh, happen. Which never happens. (laughs) Right. But should it happen? Well, that's a direct and immediate impact for those PLUS loans on the parents themselves, their credit history, all of those other factors. So if possible, try to take out the loans in the name of the student, as opposed to in the name of the parent, if you're the one coaching them through college. Number one, because it puts more responsibility on their shoulders, they now know that they have to make those payments. But then number two, if there's anything that goes awry Well, it's a life lesson that they can learn on a much smaller scale than maybe what it could impact or create a financial burden in your financial plan.
1: Yeah. Now, with the student loans, especially the the federal ones, you have options. You have flexibility. Mm -hmm. Uh, So definitely keeping it contained there. That's a great point.
2: Yep. So we've got that. And then, of course, if all else fails and we don't want to pursue all of those options or maybe we're not eligible for them. Well then last but not least we've got private loans as well that we could tap into and that'd be working with any local bank uh credit union i know one of the big names right now sofi is out there quite Mm -hmm. frequently with student loans Uh, but make sure you understand the terms of repayment because unlike those government loans some of them may have payments that are due immediately so you want to be mindful of that and if you are in that situation make sure you've got the cash flow to cover that so if that's continuing to work part-time, those kind of things, make sure you can still save some, but also make sure you can cover those payments when they start as well. So I know everyone wants to say, hey, okay, well, I can get these loans, but how much should I keep in the back of my mind or what else should I be prepared for? So Cole, as we're taking a look at this, what, what are some of those repayment terms or what are some of those amounts that we may want to look at as far as how much loan we can take out?
1: Well, there, there's a lot by way of repayment terms, but just to, to go back a little bit further in terms of the, the how much you can borrow uh, for the uh, federal student loans, the direct subsidized, and that is limited just for a first-year undergrad. So for everyone getting ready for college here, that is $5,500 in an academic year.
2: Okay. Yeah. So based That's off of the numbers we were talking about <laughs> earlier, yeah. That's
1: about a fifth,
2: maybe a quarter <laughs> if you're lucky. Right unless yeah. unless you elect for that affordable school option like we were talking about, and then maybe it can go a little bit further. So that's certainly one thing to keep in mind as well is we may not necessarily get everything there. so that's where you supplement with those uh, personal or those private loans, rather, excuse right. me. But then also the interest rate side of things, this is where, you know, again, I know COVID, everything that it is right now, one impact that it has had a lasting effect on has been interest rates. These are some lower interest rates at this point. Presently, we're looking at direct subsidized and unsubsidized loans. They're averaging about two and three quarters percent as far as their interest rates. I was legitimately
1: shocked to see that.
2: Because we see people right now with anywhere between five yeah.
1: and eight percent as kind of the norm.
2: Right. But I guess when you
1: can get a 30-year mortgage now for around three percent, it kind of makes sense. Absolutely. Really think about it.
2: Absolutely. So there's that Uh for the... Direct unsubsidized loans, again, some of them for the graduate or professional level at this point, you're looking at about a 4% interest rate, 4.3 to be exact. And then on Parent PLUS loans, you're looking at about 5.3. So again, lower interest rates, maybe even more so than those private loans that we may be looking at, but something to keep in mind as we're evaluating all the options that are out there. All right, so we've looked at the loans here. We've We've beat that up pretty well here. So, Cole, that that must mean that we've got everything else all wrapped up and we're good to go, right?
1: Tie a pretty little bow on it, Craig. We are done. We are going to school. We're graduating and nothing more can hurt us.
2: I feel like that's a little facetious right there, right? Maybe
1: just a little bit. (laughs) It never ends, unfortunately.
2: Okay. So what else do we need to be on the lookout for? What else do we need to make sure we do to keep ourselves prepared?
1: Well, we need to start budgeting.
2: Oh, boy. (laughs) We're actually
1: in the thick of it now. We need to prepare (laughs) to live.
2: So not just budgeting, because we like to say that budgeting doesn't necessarily work. That but is fair. You need to make sure you understand cash flow. Absolutely. So especially if you're going to be going to school, not necessarily working while you're there, you need to make sure that you know how long your savings will be able to stretch. Eli, were you able to make it work while uh, you started off at school?
3: I was lucky enough to live at home and have a part-time job. But um, no, it's so important. Um, I think probably one of the things that the biggest value you could add to your child as they go to college is sitting down and having the conversation, whether they decide to work or not, or you'll be providing for their uh, lifestyle, putting together where the money is going. Mm -hmm. So whether that be money to eat out a few days a week or, you know, a certain amount for groceries, you need to just know where all of it's going. Um, Back when I was in college, I was still living at home, but I was, I was trying to manage my money better i actually put together a budget to see how low i could get it so i put a lot of ramen noodles on there and rice and beans
1: there you go that that sounds sad
3: (laughs) well i mean i like to play the game it's like how low can i get it and then i tried it for a week and i was like uh no way (laughs) you were just
2: saving up for that extra entertainment bucket as we'll call it here there you go don't spoil anything Greg. (laughs) so absolutely but that's it i mean you come trying to figure out okay well how much can I live off of? How can I keep things fair, but also keep plenty of money in my pocket for whatever fun I may want to have? Uh, and then on top of it, I know Steven's talked about it before too, but if you haven't at that point, you may want to look to establish a credit card as well. And once you know it, we're coming up on the end of the show here, guys. Didn't get a chance to go too far in depth on that last piece, but you've been listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN.